talk about a person that is considered a caretaker. Sometimes they don't even know that they are the caretaker. They're usually the responsible one in a relationship. I'm not just talking about financial. I'm talking about more of the emotional caretaker. I'm not talking about the person that pays the bills. Um, I'm talking about more of just the the person that takes on the emotions and feelings and just the the stress of a relationship. Because when you're in a relationship or partnership with a narcissist or a borderline, you're dealing with more intense emotions or reactions to different situations. And there's just a lot more feelings in dealing with these types of people than a normal individual. And these negative feelings are usually projected into another person and that other person is usually the the caretaker. The, you know, the caretaker is the the person that again is the the one that handles the emotions. And it's the person that is is close to the other person. It can be This can be a partner, it can be a child, or it can be a spouse, it can be a parent. But they're the ones that take on the emotional, I'll call it the emotional baggage of the narcissist or the borderline. And the borderline or narcissist, they have a need, and I'm going to say this and emphasize this, they have a need to have someone in his or her life to carry these overwhelming negative feelings. Someone to accuse, you know, of causing this this pain. Someone to hate instead of not hating themselves. So what they do is they, the borderliner narcissist will project out these awful negative feelings into another person And then they'll hate that other person. And they're hating the person that's actually the caretaker of their feelings. And, I mean, many girlfriends have this where they go to lunch or they have dinner. And you have, like, that one friend that just all they do is complain and the, you have the other friend on the other side of the table that they're listening and they're trying to help this person and give advice. That's the exact dynamic I'm talking about. The person that's the chronic complainer is oftentimes, sorry, there's a train going by, is oftentimes the narcissist or the borderline. And they, they can't deal with their own emotions, their internal emotions, their feeling states. So they talk about it and they're basically putting their negative feelings into the other person. And then what happens is the other person basically is carrying the baggage, the emotions of their friend or the spouse or the child or the parent. And they don't even realize it. And you'll often hear a girlfriend say, God, I just got off the phone with a friend of mine and she talked my ear off and I'm exhausted or I feel depressed 
that's why you just took on her emotional baggage and if you're not a therapist you're not going to know how to get rid of these awful feelings and you're going to feel like there's something wrong with you because you're now carrying the negative emotions of another person and oftentimes these negative feelings and negative emotions, they can sometimes be the other person's self-hatred. Because self-hatred is the real source of a narcissist or borderline personality's pain. It's their self-hatred. They hate themselves. And then if you sit and listen to them and you're the caretaker then you end up feeling like, gosh, you know, I really don't like myself right now. Yeah, because you're taking on the other person's feeling state. You may have felt fine before you started listening to the other person. The borderline or narcissist, they need someone to rescue them from these overwhelming feelings. Someone to soothe their their fears or their anger or their emotions and to make them feel safe. But the problem is, that's the job and the role of a therapist. It's not your job. It's not a friend's job to do that. And unfortunately, this happens all the time. Where, you know, friends think, oh, this, you know, I'm, I'm going to have lunch with my, my friend. You know, they're going through something, so I, I thought I'd be a friend and I would just listen to them. No, don't do that. That's not healthy for you because you're taking on... You are literally taking on their stress. And then you're not going to know what to do with it. Your friend's going to walk away feeling great. And I, before I became a therapist and before I was trained, I would get together with a friend of mine and I went through that. She would dump on me and talk about all of her problems and I thought I was being a good friend. But every time I'd get off the phone or every time I would walk away from her, I would feel absolutely awful. And I started thinking it was me. What's wrong with me? It wasn't me. I was taking on her baggage. And I didn't know it. And what I learned is I needed to stop that because it wasn't healthy for me. But then when I went through training and I became a therapist, I started to understand exactly what was happening. And I also understood and I learned that this friend of mine had a lot of emotional problems. And she didn't, you know, the thing is, is, People need to deal with their own problems. It's not a friend's job to take on a friend's problems and try to solve the problems. It's the responsibility of that person. If a person has mental health problems, they know they need to go seek out a professional. Girlfriends aren't therapists. Let me say that again. Girlfriends and casual acquaintances Friends are not therapists. Don't use them as therapists. 
because it's not healthy. It's actually quite cruel when you do that. You know, narcissists and borderline people are notorious for doing this, for, you know, pulling people in and then just bombarding you with all of their problems because they don't know how to deal with their own problems. And what they really need to do is go to a counselor, go to a therapist, go to a psychologist, psychoanalyst, doesn't matter who. All these people are very qualified. Borderline and, and narcissists have been known to pull people who are complete strangers into very fast, immediate closeness, closeness in order to transform their own pain of being alone into intense love. This is what they do. So if you are dating and you meet someone and you find yourself, this person is like, moving way too fast and they want to be in a relationship really fast or they want to get married really fast that's a red flag because this person is really trying to transform their own pain of being alone into love and that's not love and then they use you as that kind of catalyst to take on all of their pain and borderline and narcissists, they seek out caretakers. They seek out these people. They know what they're looking for. And the people that come to therapy are usually the ones that are, you know, they're oftentimes, not always, but they're the ones that are the caretakers and they're the ones that are depleted. And they're the ones that are exhausted or confused, like what's happening to me? Stop taking care of other people's emotions because you will destroy yourself in the process. See, the problem is, is borderlines and narcissists, you can spend all this time and energy thinking that you're in love and falling in love and then you take on all of their problems, but the narcissist and borderline, you, they usually don't change. It takes a long, long time in therapy for these people to change. They're afraid of being close to anyone. So there's this, you know, they, they pull the, the loved one in closer and they push them away. And this is the dynamic. And it, it's, it's kind of, it gets repeated. And the person who takes on the caretaker role becomes the partner. It's, it becomes like a, a, a dance and this exchange of behavior, this back and forth. They push you away, they, they pull you closer, they pull you closer, they push you away. And this is all based on what the borderline or the narcissist needs at the moment. 
If they don't need anything, they're going to push you away. If they need something, they'll pull you closer. It's all based on meeting their needs. That's why it's very narcissistic. It's all about meeting their needs. They don't care about your needs. It's all about their needs. And over time, it becomes a very hostile relationship. Because people who are emotionally healthy exit the relationship. Because there's not a balance. And you become less and less tolerant of this dynamic. And there's not stability. There's not emotional stability. The narcissists are borderline. They're takers. They don't give much in return. feels like a game. I always look at it as a game. A game, and, and you're the pawn. If you're the caretaker, you're the pawn. And the, the caretakers are always like kind-hearted. You know, they have good intentions. They're actually seeking love. They're seeking a relationship. They want a family. But they, they have a tendency to, to be responsible for everything. You know, you have a role of, you know, being the, you know, the peacemaker or you're the go-between. You know, your goal is to calm down the, the hostile emotions. You know, everyone just calm down. caretaker really should be seeking a normal healthy relationship that would be much healthier for that person but they don't the caretakers always seek out these kind of dysfunctional people because it usually goes back to their family which was just dysfunctional we always try to resolve our own family dysfunction so we pick people that kind of replicates our own family dysfunction and we try to resolve it not easy. But when you're a caretaker, you're basically like an adult nanny. You know, you're taking care of the person emotionally, you're taking care of their needs, but you don't get much in return. You don't even get paid. Like at least a nanny gets paid. You don't even get paid. you're supposed to listen you're supposed to take on these negative emotions you're supposed to always be there for this this narcissist and this borderline and it's all about them and over time psychologically you're going to get worn down psychologically you're going to be exhausted if you're the caretaker and psychologically eventually over time you're going to question wait what am i getting out of this relationship And oftentimes, over, over time, this will lead to dissolving of the personality of the caretaker over time, leading to depression, anxiety, and just guilt 
low self-esteem and just physical symptoms. And that's because the caretaker just keeps giving and giving and giving and giving. And the narcissist in the borderline, they're like an empty hole. So if you're the caretaker and you keep giving, 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 the, the narcissist is like, well, keep giving to me. I want more and more and more. I want, want, want. So there's this dynamic that happens between these two people. very dysfunctional. It's not an equal relationship. It's not, it's, it's very unhealthy uh, with both people because the caretakers are usually people pleasers and they're equally just as dysfunctional. Stop giving. And the, the caretakers need to stop giving and the narcissist and borderlines, borderlines need to stop taking, but that may never happen. It usually doesn't stop until someone gets really sick. And that's when they either, you know, quit the relationship, they move out, or they, they start seeking therapy. And, you know, it's difficult because this could have been resolved very early on, but, you know, this comes from our, our own history. The, our own background. So we've been trained from children to take on these roles. You know, the caretaker is adaptive, they're competent, they're very soothing, they're very kind people. The narcissists are selfish. You know, they're often abusive, they're selfish, they fly off the handle. But, you know, what's interesting, if you're a caretaker and you really want to stop this dynamic, the first thing you do is you start saying no. The word no is very powerful. You know, because the borderline and the narcissist, they're always, I want, I want, do this for me, do this for me, do that for me. Me, 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 me. And the, 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 how you start taking back your power is start establishing boundaries. And the first, you know, word out of your mouth is, it's a one word sentence and it's no. And... When you start saying no, you're going to really see the, the narcissist or the borderline react to that. Usually they get really pissed off and revengeful. Sometimes they leave and they just break off the relationship because they have to find a new source of supply because you've just cut them off. See, a healthy, normal person would respect that boundary of, no, of, of a person saying no. They'd be like, okay. I understand. That's a boundary I just hit. Okay. A healthy person would respect the word no. A borderline or narcissist, a very unhealthy person, is going to flip out. So once you start saying no, 
watch carefully how they respond. And protect yourself because this is when it gets really bad. You know, they either will fly off the handle and fight with you or they may withhold love or affection or they may just quit the relationship or they may just be revengeful. You know, that's when you really start to see the true colors of the other person, when you start saying no. And then you're like, wow, I really see things. It's just crazy. That's when things get crazy. But if a person is able to hear the word no and respect you in your decision without being manipulative or conniving, then you know you have a decent person. Then you know that the relationship will will probably work out. It's when you have a person that's revengeful or conniving or backstabbing or they, you know, they rally their, you know, I've had this situation. I had a situation where I was consulting for a company and a friend of mine got me this job and I was paid a certain hourly rate and for whatever reason my friend thought that I was paid a lot more than what I was and after working there for like a year she started spreading this rumor that I was paid a lot more than what I was and it got back to me it got back to me by three people and when I asked them where did you hear this you know because people were saying oh you're so expensive you're so expensive and and I'm like oh honey if I'm that expensive it sounds really glamorous but that's not what I'm making like to the point where I had to show the president of the company my invoices to prove how much I actually was charging the company. And so I I called her out on it. I'm like, you know, what's going on? Why I'm hearing this from three different people that, you know, my rate is so expensive, so expensive. And everyone is saying that it's coming from you. Well, that didn't go over very well. And what they, you know, she didn't like it. And so she cut me off. Um, our friendship ended. I, you know, I called her out on it. This is a job situation. And I, I wasn't paid that much. I wish I was. But I needed to clarify with the president of the company how much I actually was making. And the president was the one signing my invoices. So I didn't understand why I even had to explain myself to the president. Because they, they signed all my invoices every week for the past year. So that made no sense. And then what happens when you call a narcissist out on their bad behavior, that really injures their ego. So then what happens is they they launch what's called a smear campaign. And this is part of the revenge that they they produce. You know, she went for revenge. 
and she, it's almost, you almost feel like you're being stalked. You know, every place that I worked since then, since that company, she was checking up on with other coworkers that was working at the same place that I was, and she would find out the scoop on everything. And she was like collecting data on me. It was really creepy and it felt very, very stalkerish. But this is how borderlines behave. It's very borderline behavior. It's very revengeful. Her ego couldn't handle it when I called her out on it that, you know, she's the one that's spreading the rumor about me. And, you know, someone that's a professional and that that it has a normal psyche and a healthy psyche would never spread a rumor like that to begin with. You know, I think that she honestly thought that I was paid that dollar amount. And I think that upset her because I think in her mind, she thought that I was making more money than her and she was a full-time employee and I was just a consultant. But had she just come to me first and just talked to me about it, I would have cleared it up immediately because I was not making more than her. And I could have ended all of this drama if we would, if she would have just approached me first. But instead, she felt threatened. That's the other thing. Narcissists and borderlines, there's a lot of like envy. And when you have envy in the equation, like this situation, she was envious that I was making more money than her, when in fact I wasn't. But she had created this whole scenario and she got herself all worked up when none of it was even true and then she gossiped to me to all these other people saying all these horrible things about me which were also not true but you know I decided you know what I'm just gonna be the villain in her story I'm not going to chase all these stories about myself and try to put out all these fires. I'm just going to be the villain. Because the people that know me, know me. They know how I am. They know how I work. The people that don't know me, you know, will really learn how she is. Because over time, people will see what the truth is. I can't put out every fire. I can't chase every little gossipy, petty story. You know, and there's a part of me that is sad that the relationship ended, but then there's a part of me that feels a sense of relief because I don't have to deal with that drama anymore. It's constant, constant drama. Constant. And as soon as the relationship ended, the drama went with her. It's It's like a cloud of smoke. When you have drama with that happens between a borderline and a narcissist and a caretaker, and I was the caretaker in the relationship, you know, as soon as the relationship is ended, that dark cloud of smoke of drama follows the narcissist and borderline. It doesn't follow the caretaker. 
so in essence, I felt a sense of relief. I felt a sense of like peace because I didn't have to deal with the bullshit anymore. And her insecurities about how much she makes aren't my problem. My salary or my hourly rate is really none of her business. And I think that's what really bothered me. My hourly rate is not her business. And I understand she helped me get this job so she knew my hourly rate. But I think somewhere along the line, she forgot how much I was actually being paid and she got confused. And I proved it to her how much I was making because I showed her my invoices. And that's the thing when you're dealing with narcissists and borderline, this is what they do. They trigger you to have to prove evidence. I was proving and showing my invoices. Because they stir up so much drama, they, they trigger you to have to show, you know, evidence of proof that you're telling the truth. That's what they do. That's the level that they take you to. No, I'm not paying, I'm not charging that dollar amount per hour. This is my invoice. You can see that my invoice was approved. This was the dollar amount from a year ago, from three months ago, from a week ago, from 10 weeks ago. It's the same amount. Here's the evidence. But that's the other thing that the borderline and the narcissist, they love this chaos. They love it because it makes them feel powerful. They love all this chaos. You can, you know, I like to be logical and you think things through, you think before they speak. They're not like that. They're self-serving, they're illogical, they're dramatic. You know, healthy people who occasionally interact with a borderline or narcissist will just shake their heads, make an angry comment, and they'll just move away. You can't teach the borderline or the narcissist to think logically. You can't. It takes an enormous amount of time and energy to try to come up with ways of explaining things so that they're clear and more understandable and that they make sense. It's not worth your time. I mean, in this scenario, you know, I didn't want to lose this client that I was consulting for. that's why I was showing my invoice but you know had I recognized very early on that I was dealing with a narcissist or even worse borderline you know I would have handled things differently now I know It's like going down the rabbit hole. Once you go down the rabbit hole, it's really hard to get out of because then there's like layers and layers and layers of chaos. 
And that's what I experienced. But now I know. Now I know not to deal with that person. And the friends that I've lost that, you know, listened to her stories, so be it. They weren't, you know, obviously they weren't great of friends to begin with. So be it. But that's what narcissists and borderlines do. They create chaos. They triangulate. You know, they, they, they're called flying monkeys where they throw you under the bus and they backstab you to your friends. Because the goal is to destroy you. That's always the end goal of a narcissist and a borderline, is to destroy. They seek to destroy, they steal, destroy, or kill on an extreme level. It's never love, kindness, beauty. No, they're destructive. It's a hard lesson, but once you learn the lesson, you can protect yourself better.